We know the story of the birth of Jesus pretty well. well. Here's a story you may not know. It's one of the stories of the birth of the Buddha. Queen Maya dreamt that a pure white elephant entered the room where she was sleeping. The elephant carried a large lotus flower in its trunk and gave it to the queen. The very moment when the queen took the flower, though she was still a virgin, she conceived and the room was filled with a heavenly light. Trees at once began to bloom with new flowers of every color. When she awoke, she told the king. They consulted the sixty-four royal counselors about the meaning of the dream. The chief counselor told them she would be pregnant with a boy who will either become the king after his father or a great teacher. Before the queen was to give birth, she traveled to the city of her parents. Along the way, the royal procession stopped at a beautiful park. Queen Maya got down out of her royal chair and walked under the trees and through the flowers. As she walked, the baby was born. Not through the birth canal, but from her right side, without the pain of childbirth. Trees bent down to provide her privacy, and four angels appeared, holding the corners of a golden tent. The baby was laid into it as if a cradle. The angel said, Be joyful, O lady, a mighty son is born to you. Immediately, the baby stood up and looked all around in four directions, and he took seven steps, and with each step a lotus flower rose up. And then he lay down and fell asleep. When they returned home, a hermit who lived nearby came to the palace to see the baby. He stood and paid homage to the child and proclaimed he would grow up to be a great man. Though still a virgin, she conceived, and in that moment the room was filled with a heavenly light. Was that Mary? Queen Maya. When his mother was engaged but not yet born, not yet married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit, Mary. They set out and followed the star they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. Upon seeing the child, they were overwhelmed with joy about Jesus. When he descended into his mother's womb, a great immeasurable light shone forth into the world, and even in the dark and gloomy spaces between the worlds where the light of our moon and sun cannot reach, even there that light did shine. One of the stories of the birth of the Buddha, and about Jesus it said, and suddenly a great light shone, and there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace. You know, some of the similarities are so specific, it's almost funny. Virgins, angels, a cradle, local animals, whether elephants or sheep, and words like paying homage because a mighty son is born to you. There are some significant differences, of course, one of which is that the Buddha was born wealthy to royal parents and Jesus was not. They shared this in common. Jesus repeatedly spoke of reversing the fortunes of the poor and wealthy, and the Buddha rejected that life and gave up all earthly possessions. 
There are substantial differences between Christianity and Buddhism, but it is remarkable that their births of their the births of their respective founders, five hundred years apart, were miraculous in a way that brought light into the world. And one more thing about the birth of Jesus and the Buddha. Both fathers seemed unnecessary. You know, one year at the annual children's Christmas pageant, the boy who had been chosen to play Joseph got sick at the last minute. Instead of recruiting a new Joseph from among the shepherds and wise men, the director decided, we don't need him. He doesn't do anything anyway. But Joseph does do something important. For one, he didn't abandon Mary. And, just as significantly, he adopted Jesus as his own child. There's a detail in the text I hadn't known before this week, where it says in Matthew that Joseph, quote, named him Jesus. That naming was the formal act of adoption. Jesus was formally adopted by Joseph. You know, imagine if we told children they were extra special because they've been adopted, just like Jesus. The act of naming is not spoken of in Luke, but that's because, in part, Matthew and Luke had different purposes and different audiences. It was important to Matthew because just a few verses before, he gave the genealogy of Jesus through the line of Joseph. Now, how is that possible if they're not biologically related? Because when Joseph adopted him, Jesus became a legitimate member of the family tree all the way back to Abraham through King David. So Matthew described Joseph as, quote, a righteous man. You know, sometimes we hear the word righteous and <laughs> makes us a little uncomfortable we may hear it as someone who is self-righteous or who thinks they are holier than thou. But I like this description by Scott Jose. A righteous person is anyone who lets their actions do the talking. The opposite of all talk, no action. They have no need to say what they're doing or why, because their actions say it all. Whatever the cost to him or his reputation, Joseph was righteous when he accepted responsibility for Mary and whatever mess she may have gotten herself into. He was probably judged by some holier-than-thou self-righteous people. People no but doubt talked behind his back, wondered how can he stay with a woman who has presumably been unfaithful or raise a son that wasn't his. But Joseph resisted any pressure. And in that way, Joseph was indeed a righteous man. He saved Mary's life. Dr. Wilda Gaffney wrote that regardless of the stoning provision in the Torah, there are no stories of women or men actually being stoned for adultery. Not until Jesus breaks up an attempted stoning. So we can't say with certainty that Mary would have been stoned, but it was a possibility. More so, it was her shame that it would have made it unlikely for her to marry anyone else and therefore be socially and economically vulnerable. 
relegated to the margins of society. Joseph saved Mary. He had other choices. He could have walked away clear of obligation, decided he didn't want anything to do with the mess that confronted him. He could have complained that he didn't cause the chaos that would ensue. Instead, he listened to his dream and decided God was in that mess and chose Mary and chose Jesus to be his son. Those are significant choices that, sh that should be stated and celebrated and cause us to reflect what mess confronts or confounds you. In what chaos do you find yourself having to make a difficult choice, especially chaos you didn't create? From what responsibility are you trying to escape? or from whose drama. And given all that, what then does a person who lets their actions do the talking do? That's not to say we don't set healthy boundaries or let others take us down dangerous paths, but it does ask us to consider where God is in all that chaos. As the Bible says 365 times, do not fear. It's often exactly in that mess that God chooses to reveal God's self. Joseph believed do not fear and chose the better way, the way of mercy regardless of the consequence. So I got one more story for you. Abdullah married Amina when he was 17 years old, but he died only seven months later while Amina was pregnant. She gave birth to a boy, but when he was only six years old, Amina died too. The boy was then taken to his grandfather's home, but only two years later, he also died. Just before his death, the child's grandfather called all his sons together and told them that he was leaving them two bequests. One was all the power and authority as the leader of the clan, and the other was the care of their nephew an orphan of eight. He then asked who among them wanted to be the leader of the clan. Most of his sons were eager for that. And who would take charge of the boy? No one volunteered. As he surveyed the assembly and contemplated the future of the boy, an uneasy silence fell over them. But it didn't last long. One of his sons stepped forward and said he had no interest in any power and wealth as the leader, but that he wanted the son of his late brother. And with that, the father knew to grant him both the boy as well as the power and authority of the entire clan. That boy grew up to become the prophet Muhammad. May peace be upon him. An orphan raised by his uncle. Another example of a righteous man. In our scripture today, celebrate the righteousness of Joseph. Think of the questions he faced and ask yourself, where is my life a mess? In what chaos do I find myself having to make a difficult choice? And from what am I trying?
to escape responsibility. Not so fast. God is in all of that and found in those difficult choices when we show mercy, regardless of the consequence. That's the better way we can choose.